You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to. Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here is always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, we're in the thick of it. Playoffs everywhere. Just about. I mean, we're in NBA playoffs. We're close to doing NHL playoffs, which, by the way, um, we are going to be doing an NHL playoffs show, so... You want to talk some more hockey? Of course I do. I mean, very, very, very sad that the Rangers lost to Rangers South last night. I mean, that was just terrible, terrible stuff. I mean, (laughs) you know what I loved is they gave Jesper Faust his own his own video, and and, and deservedly so. Deservedly so. Love Jesper Faust. Great. Do you see he, he went out to dinner? I guess it was sushi with Mika. Get the fuck out of here. Well, they well they are friends. Yeah, I love that. Love that. That, that. that just brings joy to my heart. But like, then, back. but then they grouped Brendan Smith, Tony D'Angelo, and Brady Shea together. Like, what? I, I'm shocked. To be fair, I'm shocked that they even gave Tony D'Angelo one. I'm quite surprised. I am also shocked. I mean, I mean, listen. There's no, there's no <laughs> bigger fan of of the of, of NYR fan, whatever, whatever, whatever. Bunch of numbers. Twitter. NYR fan, bunch of numbers. Right, right. There's no bigger fan uh, than I am of, of Tony D'Angelo. I, 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 I duly, I love the shithousery that he brings to the table. But obviously his exit with the New York Rangers was, uh, was, was uh, unceremonious, as, uh, as, as some would say. And, and he has had some not very nice things to say about the Rangers. So in that regard, he can go fuck himself. But I was shocked that he got uh, a, a video tribute. I was absolutely stunned. I wonder what Alexander Georgiev had to say about that. I wonder what Alexander Georgiev and Chris Kreider had to say about that. Yeah. Captain, Captain Chris Kreider, excuse me. Allegedly, Chris Kreider was in that, but we don't know for sure. I I, I believe, I believe the sources on that one. Yeah. As, well, as Captain Material would do, step in and break up an altercation between two teammates. And by break up an alter- altercation, you mean punch Tony D'Angelo in the face like he deserves. Some would say deserves. Some some would be me because he's a prick. Uh, I like him. He's funny. I like him. He's he's just just funny. You can be funny and also a prick. You know, it's not mutually exclusive. Me! Me! (laughs) So I get it. I get it. It's not that redeeming of a quality. Sure it is. It's a matter of opinion. Well, I mean, they're absolutely a matter of opinion. Depends on how much of a a prick you are. Like, you can be a bit of a prick sometimes, but... Oh, I I embrace it. You're not like... I don't know. I'm not not an upfront prick. No. I'm not an upfront prick that always has my panties in a twist about something. Not really. No. That that but that's a good prick. I guess a very so. um a very I guess the word is is I don't know if witty is the word. Um feisty. I think feisty is the word. Brash. Yeah, I mean that 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 probably applies. Rough. Rough. Huh. I don't know if I would call myself rough. I think it was the opposite of rough. Brash is probably the best. Brash. Word I, would I think use. brash is the word. I think brash is the word. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then and then whatever describes Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo, I, 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 that's the description right there. 
Tony T. Tony T, what a guy. All number right, 77 William. on the ice and number uh, 29 in my heart. <laughs> it's just weird, though, that Tony D and Brady Shea and Brendan Smith all got grouped together. Brendan Smith did so much for the Rangers. It was very odd. It was very odd. And Brady Shea was a good young player for a long time on those Rangers, Rangers draft teams. pick. He was a Rangers yeah. first round draft pick. Brendan Smith converted to forward for the Rangers. Well, I don't know if he converted to forward. I think I think David Quinn converted him to forward, and Brendan Smith just kind of said, "Sure, okay." He was okay. With, well, he was okay with it anyway, and he was yeah, good. He was okay with it. I think Brendan Smith was uh, was left wing before Julian Gauthier was, but that's besides the point. Where where is Julian Gauthier? Couple said each. Julian uh, Julian Gauthier. I think he might be in Hartford. He he he. Someone sent a bolo out on Julian Gauthier. He's missing an APB. On, uh, Somebody, please locate Julian Gauthier, please. We, we know where Greg McKegg is, which is frightening, which, which is very frightening because I never I want to see Greg McKegg anywhere near a Rangers lineup. Steve just doesn't make any sense sometimes, but I said no tangents before we uh, got on the air here. So, guess what? We're going to be talking about hockey in two weeks. So, I'm, I'm just getting the head start of that. Sorry. Yeah. Well, anyway, what's your deep sleeper heading into this episode here? It can only be one thing. It can only be one thing. And that is my birthday, June 21st, 1996. That is the deep sleeper of the week because one of my own, one of my own, my birthday buddy, one of many beautiful 25-year-olds that were born on that day, June 21st, 1996, one of my own won the Masters this weekend, Scotty Scheffler, born June 21st, 1996, Dallas, Texas. Winner of the Masters, winner of the Green Jacket. Good on you, Scotty. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Something that I've done for the last two years. When I realized who Scotty Scheffler was, I had to look him up, and I saw June 21st, 1996. I was floored. I said immediately, okay, after Tiger, this is my next favorite. I can name about three people that share birthdays with me. Not the actual year. Uh, Demi Lovato is one. Amy Adams, I'm pretty sure, is two. And Al Roker is three. Top of my head. Oh, yeah. That's a good list. Right? That's a good list. August especially, 20th. Especially Demi Lovato. That's a great list. I know I share one with uh, Chris Pratt. Not the same year. Not the same year. But I share, I share one with Chris Pratt. I know I share one with... One of the princes, I think it's William. I want to say it's Prince William. I think it is. Who also um, Spider-Man. Yes, it is Prince William. It is Prince William. And I know there was one more besides Scotty Scheffler, who we all know and love. Oh, 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 uh, um, oh, um, the, the, the woman, the woman who sang, um, uh, the Friday, the Friday lady, Rebecca Black. Yes, her. her. So, oh, on... and, and there's one more. There's one more that I do know. The the woman who sang on the Gatsby soundtrack. Um, she has th- uh, th- three words in her name. Three names. Um, I have no idea Ed. who you're talking about. Shit, Ed. Lana Del Rey. Oh, that's it. So I'm on famous birthdays right now because I'm cu- I was curious. 
So here are some names that jump off the page. And I don't know how accurate Famous Birthdays is, so I'm just going to read this off. And if it's if it is true, that's true. So Andrew Garfield, pretty awesome. Demi Lovato. Who's Andrew Garfield? Spider. He played Spider Man in the Amazing Spider Man movies. Oh well, whatever. I I, I thought it was still Tobey Maguire. Oh no, wait, it's not Tobey Maguire. It's um, uh, the guy who's the 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 Tottenham fan. What's his name? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah, him. Well, so Andrew Garfield. The one who's was, with Zendaya. Yeah, so Andrew Lucky Garfield prick. was the one in the middle. He was in between Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland. See, I didn't even know there was a Spider Man in the middle. Interesting. Yep. Also, Robert Plant. That's pretty sick. Who? He's a he's a musician. What 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 is he most what is he most known for? He was in a uh, little band called Led Zeppelin. Oh wow! I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> wow, do I feel dumb? Yeah. Oh, okay. he's the fucking singer of Led Zeppelin of Led Zeppelin. Oh shit! Oh, speaking, good God. Speaking of musicians, uh, Fred Durst is also. I, I mean, I'm not even gonna ask you who Fred Durst is. I'm just gonna look him up before I could ask you who the hell is Fred Durst. He is the lead singer of Limp Biscuit. Uh, I, okay, all right. Limp also, Biscuit, Dime, whatever. Also, Dimebag Daryl, rest in peace. Dimebag Daryl. Dimebag Daryl. He was a guy. Dimebag. Dime ba- Dimebag. Yeah. Well, he was. Uh, he was shot at a concert by a, by a metal fan, by one of his fans. Okay. The 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 means of death are appalling, but his name is Dimebag. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Dime bag. Yes. We haven't even gotten to the best one. So Al Roker, I went over. Mitch Trubisky. Oh, Mitchell. What a guy. What a guy. August 20th, 1994. Oh, two years off, Adam. Yep. Two years off. Anyway. Famous birthdays, fun, fun stuff. Um, everybody has looked up who's on their birthday at least once. And if you haven't, if you haven't, you are a liar. Flat, flat out liar. And I, I will call you a liar to your face. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've done it definitely on occasion because it's always interesting to see who usually when other people bring up. Uh, people who have who who they share birthdays with, so that's always fun. So I, I just want to read this, and then um, I want to move on to to yours. So I just looked up um, like some of the stuff that was on June twenty first, nineteen ninety six. Um, the number one movie in the cinemas was Independence Day, fantastic film. Top five songs were. The Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. You may, you're making me high, Tony Braxton. Give me one more reason, Tracy Chapman. Always be my baby, Mariah Carey. Long Island Zone, Mariah Carey. And because you loved me, my Celine Dion. And let's see, Clinton. Clinton was the president. Uh, anything else? It's no, nothing really. No, no, no worthy that anybody would give a shit about. Okay, all right, I'm done. Okay. Cool. So my deep sleeper is 
I like to do, I guess for the past couple ones, I've been doing multiple, but my deep sleeper is baseball related. Deep sleepers are baseball related. One is bunts, just bunting in general. There has been a noticeable increase in bunting over the, like in this young season that we're in. Like the, the first, not even a week of baseball that we've been uh, treated to, there have been a lot of bunts. And it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know if you saw Robinson Cano beating the shift by just bunting, laying down the most amazing bunt down the third baseline against Washington. Sticking it to fucking analytics. I love it. Let's bring um, real and, baseball back. And then you let, have, let alone it's Buck Showalter that's beating the analytics. Love it. I absolutely love it. Right. And then, you know, I was watching the uh, Mets game earlier today. And um Stalling Marte went for a bunt went for a bunt because he's fast and obviously he he's, he's very fast you know quite Pete Alonso doubled down the left field line and Stalling Marte was halfway home by the time the relay by the time the relay got in and he was going first to home he is ridiculously fast homer and five RBIs for uh, the fans team today for Pete Alonso 13 yeah. points shout out yep shout out to the man but uh, yeah, bunting. And then there was a controversy in the uh, Padres Giants game <laughs> where I'm shocked that that's, not, the, that's the controversy you're talking about. How about the controversy not con- today? Not that controversy. The other one, the one where Mauricio Dubon bunted with the Giants up nine runs. And then the Padres got pissy about it. Who fucking cares? Like it's baseball. You're playing the game. Like, should you let up? I mean, maybe. Maybe, but like, come on. Is it really like, it's a baseball game. You want to win 20 to nothing, win 20 to nothing. See, you go to the, you go to the field, you go to the stadium to compete. In soccer, they actually take it as a point of pride that you just absolutely pump your opponent if you're better than them. Yes. Because that means you tried for the entire 90, like, so Man City played Burton Albion in the FA Cup a couple years ago. Absolutely murdered them in the first leg, like nine, nothing. Basically. I think, I believe that was a score line, but people on Twitter were like, why didn't they just stop scoring goals? Like, no, it's a compliment that Man City were, you know, they didn't let off the, let off the gas at all. Yes. They were like, we took, we take you seriously for the entire match. And yes. we're going to keep scoring. Correct. Like I would, I would be more insulted if a team was going easy on me. I, that, that is where the true insult would kick in. I, I would never get angry at somebody for running up the score. That, that, to, that to me is just, you're, you're playing the game. My feelings would be more hurt if somebody stopped. Is it? Oh, yes. Man, we're really going to kill these guys. We need to stop doing. We need to stop doing this before we actually hurt anybody else's feelings. But that's we worse. need to lower our level to get to them where they're not getting their feelings hurt because they suck. Like that to me is just ludicrous. Fuck you and your feelings. I'm going to the stadium. I'm going to the field. I'm going to the rink with one goal in mind, and that is to destroy you. Right. Mentally, physically, emotionally, I'm going there to destroy you. And if you don't like it, too fucking bad. 
my second deep sleeper is I, combined, I hope my children oh. I will show my children this this little segment here okay just let you know right now my second deep sleeper is combined no hitters because as annoyed as annoyed as I was I'm gonna try not to curse now because you know we this might be shown to birds future offspring oh fuck who cares okay well anyway the sheer fuckery that happened when Dave Roberts pulled Clayton Kershaw in the eighth inning with only 80 pitches. Do you understand that Johan Santana threw a 130-pitch no-hitter 10 years ago? Granted, it was not on his first start of the year, which is the which which is the reason why people are saying it's it's okay, but Granted, that no-hitter might have fucked up his career, the, like the rest of his career. Oh, because... more, more, more than likely, but he threw a no-hitter. But he did throw a no-hitter, and right. a perfect game. He had a perfect game going. That's the point. It wasn't an, it, it was a no-hitter. Like, okay, fine, fine, you know. No-hitter. We've seen a bunch of those. We'll see a bunch of those. Okay, fine, cool. But you pull him with 80 pitches in a perfect game? Are you fucking mad? Yeah, I don't like it. This is sheer stupidity. Keep him in. This is like, we're going to shut down Steven Strasburg with with a month left in the season and also for the rest of the playoffs to save his arm. This This is exactly how it feels. This is ridiculous. It's gone too it's far. It's so beyond stupid. It's, it's so beyond stupid. I mean, I'm not one to talk about people overthinking things, but this is overthinking it. You're really well, overthinking it. Well, then did you see? Well, they're, I, they're not overthinking it because I, I, I see what they're doing. They're trying to protect Clayton Kershaw, who has had injury concerns in the past throughout his career. Got it. I completely get it. But it is a perfect game. If the pitcher wants to come out and Clayton Kershaw says, yeah, I'm kind of done. My arm's shot. That's one thing. No problem. But did you see Clayton Kershaw on that bench? He was pissed. He, he was, was livid. Pissed. I would be livid. I, oh, my God. I would be seething. I, mean, I would be absolutely seething. You're basically robbing. You're getting robbed of potentially doing something historic. That Baseball only immortality. Other- only 23 other pitchers have done in all of baseball. Correct. You were robbed of that. Like, and, and, then, and then Clayton Kershaw coming out after the game and being Dave Roberts PR people and saying, yeah, that was a great, a great decision. It was the right call. But no, fuck no. If I'm Clayton Kershaw, I'm on a one-year deal. They're probably going to let me walk at the end of the year anyway. I would have said, you know what? No, fuck you. I wanted to complete the perfect game. You know what he should have said? You know, if Chris Woodward were my manager in Texas and I was in Texas, he would have let me pitch <laughs> the entire game. Aaron Boone let Corey Kluber pitch a no-hitter against the Texas Rangers. Corey Kluber did not pitch for the rest of the year after that, but he pitched a no-hitter. Yep. It's just dumb. But Be- I would Beyond have been, dumb. Beyond dumb. I would have been excited, though, on the bright side or – at least at the time on the bright side, I would have been excited to see um, the first combined perfect game 
that would have been pretty interesting because well, I the think they took Kershaw out. I, I was just like, yeah, no, this is not happening. I think, and this might be a hot take. And if you agree with me, I don't know. I'll let you know. I think combined no hitters are harder to achieve than regular no hitters. Yeah. I and agree. are more impressive in my opinion. I don't know if I would say more impressive. I think they're both equally impressive, but what's harder to achieve the combined no hitter or no hitter straight up. There's arguments that can be made for both sides because yeah, you're going from one pitcher to the other who's fresh, but that guy that's coming in may not be, may not have his best stuff. So that guy is coming in with no hits on the board. He's got now that pressure of, Oh shit, I'm fresh. I'm supposed to deliver. And it takes one hit for you, you to fuck it up. And that, starting pitcher that just went seven innings throwing no hit ball is going to look at you with a bit of a snarl when he got taken out for you and you gave up that hit. Right. I think it's more impressive because you need maybe two or three guys to be on their game and not allow a hit. And yes, the pressure is on. I mean, going into the ninth as like, when the Cubs pitched their combined no-hitter last year against the Dodgers, if I'm Craig Kimbrell, I'm like, oh, man, I have to really seal the deal on this. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and he doesn't have the kind of built-up positive uh, sentiment that is gone that you get from, like, pitching eight no-hit innings where you get a round of applause at the end. No. You just fucked it up. Yep. That's that's all that happens if you mess up and you allow a hit. You're the so, schmuck that just fucked up a no-hitter. Yeah. Combined no-hitters, in my opinion, more impressive than solo no-hitters. You'll take some heat for that, but I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a massively terrible take. Yeah. Well, I would love to know what Jake thinks because he's our resident baseball expert. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to ask him. Actually, can you? I know you, you're going to be doing the uh, Basement Talk podcast fantasy show later this week. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be recording with him um, after we record this. I'll be recording with him. And then that episode will be out on Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah, let me know. Yeah. I'll ask him. Maybe I'll or, sure I'll hear him. or I'll hear it. Maybe ask him on air. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'll ask him. <laughs> that'll be your one quick question. Is our combined no hitters more impressive than regular no hitters or than solo no hitters? Okay, I'm just writing that. Down. I'm just writing that down so I don't forget. I will. I'll ask. It's not going to be. It's not going to be the one quick question because we are, of course, the fantasy show, and people have people have fantasy needs. Maybe we could frame it in a fantasy perspective. Should uh, no hitters and combined no hitters get a point bonus in fantasy baseball? A combined no hitter, a solo no hitter, should get a thousand point bonus if we're being honest with ourselves. I'm surprised. I was surprised when I first started playing fantasy baseball that no hitters and perfect games do not get bonuses. It's just the score where you don't get, where you just don't allow a hit or you don't allow, allow a hit or a walk or hit batsman or anything like that. Well, that's just, that's just being a part of a league where they give out insane bonuses for stuff like that. Like, Saying fantasy, most leagues don't have bonuses for guys that rush for over 200 yards. Mine do. Yeah. Because I'm also, I'm also a bit more anal and tedious 
to go and reward such great performances. Well, I think that it fits because if you have somebody on your team that does something historic, then you should be rewarded even more so for that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But anyway, let's get into talking about baseball, shall we? Yeah, we've only been doing it for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk about current baseball. And um, I mean, how do you want to tackle this? You want to talk about just where we are? Any surprise teams? Any I think just things teams? that caught our eye over the first the first week of, uh, of baseball. Okay, I'll go first. Sure. People need to stop hitting Mets. They need to stop hitting Mets players with baseballs. Breaking news. Adam talks about the Mets first. What a surprise. Well, it's an epidemic, as Gary Cohen said today on the broadcast. It's ridiculous. Three Mets players got hit again in this past game. Well, it's just it's just going to lead to a full-on brawl at some point. And it probably should. Yeah. So, well, Mark Hanna led the league. I'm pretty sure he led the league in getting hit last year for the A's. I'm, I'm almost positive that... That sounds right. Glenn Kuyper and Dallas Braden like, used that as a stat because... Mark Hanna was the leadoff hitter for the A's and he got hit like a lot, but, and Jeff McNeil also gets hit a fair amount, which is a bit weird, but everything else, like, you know, Lindor getting hit, getting hit up high, Pete Alonso getting hit up high. It's, it's scary. It's very scary. Yeah. And Alonso was really lucky that he didn't have his jaw broken or anything when he was, when he was hit up high, luckily it, it, hit his glance, his shoulder, and then his face. But, well, you know, next time he plays the Cubs, he's got to thank Jason Hayward because Jason Hayward, I'm sure you remember, is the reason that batting helmets have that flap on the side. It's because Jason Hayward broke his jaw. Yep. The trailblazer took one. It took one to have his jaw broken for it to happen. Yeah. Which is, that's like a, that's going to be like a hockey goalies didn't wear masks innovate kind of innovation we're like are you kidding people didn't people didn't uh care about this or like football players didn't wear helmets or didn't wear face masks on their helmets yeah possibly because it's like this seems so common sense as far as implants to put on on helmets because getting hit in the jaw like that it's i'm i'm sure I've never, it never happened to me. Well, actually it did in little league, but it wasn't, wasn't as fast, obviously, but it hurts. I kind of, I kind of disagree. Like obviously, yeah. Again, hitting the jaw, you know, really freaking hurts. But I mean, if I, if I was me and, and, and I was a professional hitter, I would think that that, that jaw guard would kind of get in the way of my line of sight. No, it's, it's kind of like covering a, your it's, eye. It's, it's a risk. It's, well, it's in your line of sight regardless. So it, it's, it's sort of a, a risk that you that you kind of take. It's like playing hockey without a visor. You know, it's it's a risk that a lot of people take, but a lot of players they would rather see the game for what it is, and not have anything obstructing their view. And I get that. Well, I mean, you could see through a visor. Like, I don't think it's really, obst- I don't think it's changed anything. You know, offense is still where it is. And- it hasn't changed anything, but just the natural feel of the game. You know, some players, they grew up with the cages. Then they they went advanced to they had the, cho- the choice of going no visor or visor. And you just you're able to see things just more 
I don't think uh, they do have the choice. For lack of a better phrase, clearly. Well, when they turn professional. No, no, they're no, it's mandatory. Ever no, since I'm saying when they went to the NHL. I'm I'm skipping college and and I'm I'm going straight from cages to pros. Right, but you can't you have to wear a visor, I'm saying, in the NHL. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Ryan Reeves does not wear a visor. He was probably grand. I think he well, players got grandfathered in. Because after Mark Stahl's eye issue, eye injury, they made visors mandatory. Except if you weren't wearing a visor before, you got okay, grandfathered. So if you in. get grand, grandfathered in, okay, then 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 that's that. that that's just stupid. My that's why Leo Komarov can wear his visor all weird because he was like grandfathered in. That's dumb. That's dumb. Well, it's like helmets. You know, for a long time, like Gordy Howe never wore a helmet. Yeah, that's a man's man. Because and when everybody else was wearing helmets, because he was playing in the league for like 500 years, man's man, he was allowed to. I appreciate that. You know, the gag line for the Rangers never wore helmets either. Good, good. That's when hockey was great. Really, when the yeah. Rangers haven't won a cup since hadn't won a cup since 1940. That's oh, when... we're gonna be bl- we're gonna be blaming uh, <laughs> no helmets as the reason why the, the Rangers haven't won a Stanley Cup. At that no. point in, in a 54-year run. No, I'm just saying that's not like that's when the game was great. Yeah. The, the, increase, are... the, increase, the increase in safety, that's these mandatory fixes are silly, in my opinion. They're silly. What do you mean they're silly? Says the guy who's not even doing any, who's not even partaking in these sports, who's not putting his body at risk. Yeah, and if I, and if I had the choice, you should be given a choice. That's what I'm saying. I believe in loose regulations. Someone wants to be without a visor? Let them be without a visor. Who's it hurting? Well, it's hurting them. How? How? Well, if they get in a situation where that if, could... If, if, just said it, if. These are all if, hypotheticals. These are there all are, hypotheticals. But there's a high probability of that happening. I would say there's a high probability of that happening. There's probably a, a, a 2% chance that someone's going to get hit in the face with, with a puck. I mean, how many times did we see visorless Dan Girardi throwing himself in, in front of pucks night after night? Well, I mean, also, it's just, it's protecting players from themselves. Because I don't think a lot of players would really go for wearing a visor or, I mean, I think they would still wear helmets. But, oh, I yeah, I'm not, I'm not debating the helmet. I'm not, deba- I'm not debating the helmet. Like, you know, yeah. Wear, wear a helmet, please. But the visors is where we have the debate. Like for me, no, no, never. But I, I'm not hating on people that want to wear the visor. Like if people want to wear the visor, wear it. Well, you never know. Cause like you could have a situation that happened to uh, Johnny Boychuk where he got cut in the face with a skate blade. Right. But again, that's, that's, that's a freak accident. I know, but I could. I'm just saying it's for safety. That's what it is. Yeah, but again, if people want to wear the visor, and I'm not, I'm not hating on people that want to wear it. You want to wear it? Go ahead, wear it. I, I totally understand why you're wearing it. But for for guys like Ryan Reeves that thrive on punching people in the face and the physical side of the game, if he if he wants to go about not wearing a visor. And for all the people that will be the next Ryan Reeves in the next 10 to 15 years, want to go around and not wear a visor at their own discretion, let them. Let them. 
Who is it? Who is it hurting? If they make the choice, if they are making that choice, if they're making that choice, then no, I guess it's not hurting anybody, but I still think just in my opinion, just safety should be paramount. We will agree. We will agree to disagree. I, I, I believe in choice. Okay. I believe in choice in this one. Uh, can we get back to baseball place? I don't know how yes. we got here. Well, we were talking about um, the C flap that saved Peter oh, Alonso's life. Yes, yes, right, 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 right. Or Peter Alonso's jaw. I'm sorry. Not his life. Yes, yes, yes. His jaw. Um, so can we talk about the greatest baseball player of all time? Shohei Otani? No. Babe Ruth? Mm-hmm. Nope. Willie Mays? Nope. Pete Alonso? Nope. Jacob DeGrom? Mm-mm. Nope. No one, no one any of them. Keith Hernandez? Nope. Doesn't play in New York. Greatest baseball player of all time? Statistically is the best baseball player of all time at his current pace. Oh, um, uh, that guy for the Guardians. Yep. Stephen Kwan. Yep. Statistically is the greatest hitter of all time. To start. To start the season. He's Good for him. Before before today, he went he went over for today. But he's reached base 15 times in his first four games, which is the most from a player since 1901. And I believe if I have the stat correctly, he does not have a swing strike called against him this season. And the season's been a week old. The only time that he has was a check swing that was called a strike. Other than that, he has not whiffed on a ball that has been called a strike. Was that today that that happened? Or... No, it was, I, I believe it was yesterday or Monday okay. or Monday, one so. or the other. But he has not he has not taken a taken a full swing and miss on a baseball yet this season, which is absolutely obscene. Yeah, you know, casual 526 average. Casual. With a 655 on base. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I I did pick him up in uh, both of my uh both of my fantasy teams, by the way. Picked him up and I picked him up and I picked uh another another phenom up in uh Connor Joe, who is uh playing for the Colorado Rockies. Connor Joe, underrated player for the Rockies. Oh my yep. god, the Rangers are up three nothing. I know. I have the game on behind me. I have the game on behind me. I've, I've been I've been watching it through the uh, through the screen. Fun stuff. Wow, we're actually being beating a team that is worse than us. It's it, it's a fucking miracle. Who would have thought? I who know. who would have actually thought? So, uh, for for any of the, the the hardcore baseball people out there, Stephen Kwan. If you haven't, if you have no idea who that is, a you're not a hard hardcore baseball person, and b definitely go. Uh, check this kid out i don't know how long it's gonna last but for now it is exhilarating it's awesome absolutely astounding and he and he just he just looks like such a nice guy like you just can't believe it like he's just like what the hell am i doing and it's possible this is like the best stretch of his career and he just turns into you know just another role player but you know in the moment it's Absolutely amazing what he's what he's been able to do and, and and good on him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, making a making a real stamp on your rookie season with that. Yeah, on a team where they can definitely use players to 
kind of show off. Yeah, I mean, the Guardians honestly, are they're not going to be good. Well, they started off pretty hot. You know, they, with a four with a four and two record. You know, sneaky good, Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, but uh, some of those games also came against the also equally as bad Kansas City Royals. Hey, that's the third place Kansas City Royals. Third place that, in the AL Central. They're going to be bad. They're going I to know. be bad. Um, and if we're sticking to the Guardians as well, uh, Shane Bieber, who a lot of people were very, very concerned about, or not just so concerned about, who were very high on and potentially had the, had, were calling him a sleeper to win AL Cy Young. Uh, he's got velo problems all over the place. I think his velo is down about two or three points from where it normally is, which is a major, major problem. Yeah, and he was dealing with injury issues last year. Yeah, yeah. So big time. that's going to be rough because yeah. that Cleveland team is really built on their pitching. Yeah, yeah. And it, Jose Ramirez. It definitely is, and I, I'm shocked that they were able to sign Jose Ramirez to uh, to a long term deal I, I was really really surprised by that yeah well i mean the only thing i have to say about that is that nolan arenado also signed a long-term deal with the rockies fair fair and now and nolan arenado is probably the hottest bat in baseball not named stephen kwan yep he's i think he's batting 400 plus in his first i think they've only played three games so they've had two rainouts but no, they played four. They're three. They played four. They played four. All right. Then they've, they, they've played four and they've had two rainouts, one against the pirates. And then they had one, they had a rainout tonight uh, against Kansas city, I believe. Yep. But yeah, Nolan Arenado is, is standing the test of time. And then, and, and I mean, I do want to talk about the, uh, the Dodgers. They did win seven, nothing today, but I mean, wow. You, you would think that they would have an offensive firestorm, you know, going up against, um, Going up against the, the Twins, going up against the Rangers, going up against the Rockies. Didn't happen. It, 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 it didn't happen. They struggled. They struggled in Colorado. The bats exploded against against Texas. But then again, it is the Texas Rangers who have no starting pitching to, uh, to, to speak of. But you have a guy like Max Muncie, who is two for 17, I think, at the plate with eight strikeouts. Uh, Mookie Betts has started pretty slow. Cody Bellinger, I don't know what the hell has happened to Cody Bellinger, but the 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 slump that has just been last year and a half of his career has just he just doesn't look like the same sort of Cody Bellinger that people were talking about as one of the next great things uh, in 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 baseball. I mean, he's just been he's been dreadful to start the year again. Yeah, um, but I think well, Colorado is pretty inexcusable, but Colorado's been okay actually this year. Yeah, they've been good. They, they, they've been good. I mean, I'm just saying it there. I would expect them to put up more of a, more offensive explosion because it's in Colorado. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, whether they win or lose, I mean, that's, that's one thing you're going to lose games. You're going to have stretches, but it just looks like right now, this is one of those stretches. I was like, every lineup is going to have 10, 15, 15 game stretches where, you know, certain guys look a bit terrible. It's just kind of crazy that before today, it looked like that that was the case for the entire Dodgers lineup. <laughs> Everybody looked terrible. Yeah, and it's weird that they exploded for you know seven runs against the Twins at spacious Target Field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else notable for you? I mean, you can talk about the Yankees. It's okay. Eh, 
I have nothing to say about the Yankees. Oh, okay. I have nothing to say. You know, I, I, I actually, I actually don't love talking about the Yankees as much. I talk about the Yankees all day by, my, by myself. I like talking about other teams, like the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are must see television. Yeah, whenever they are oh. on national TV, just just turn them on. Oh, the pitching staff though. That pitching, oh, that first weekend series against Texas, that pitching staff was kind of mediocre. It didn't look good. Didn't look good. But the the offensive firepower that they have at their disposal. I mean, Springer's off to a great start. Vladdy Guerrero's off to a great start. Bo Bichette is off to a, a solid start as well. I mean, this is just this is gonna be a fun baseball team to. Really, you didn't even mention Matt Chapman. No, no, didn't mention Matt Chapman. Him too. He's great. I'm not a I'm not a huge Matt Chapman guy. Big fan. Not a huge Matt Chapman guy. Um, the Atlanta Braves as well, starting their World Series uh, title defense. Obviously, the biggest change with them is Matt Olson now at first instead of Freddie Freeman, and Matt Olson has looked absolutely terrific. Yeah, I mean Matt Olson. I when I worked at MLB Network, I covered a, a handful of Oakland A's games. First of all, Matt Olson's batting stance is the one of the most unique and also weirdest batting stances I've ever seen. Unique is a way to how play. he gets anything. Yeah, I don't know how he gets any power out of that. Just holding his arms completely straight. But if it works for him, it works for him. That just called someone having an insane upper half. Yeah. And he he's always been great. You know, for Oakland when he was playing there. And especially, you know, hitting home runs, hitting, doing well offensively in that ballpark is tough. And Matt Olson just doing what he did there. It should be nice. I mean, as much as it'll annoy me seeing him play for a rival. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be good for Atlanta. He's always been one of my favorites as well. And then if we stick in the, the NL East, how long before Juan Soto is traded from the Washington Nationals? Because they are just, they're, they are bad. Oh yeah, they're they're pretty bad. They believe- Not as bad as the Marlins, though. Well, the Marlins at least have something. The Marlins, the Marlins have a great rotation. I mean, Jesus Lazardo, one of the top prospects for years, gets traded to Miami and has a career high twelve strikeouts against the the Angels. So good for Jesus Lazardo. And he also has- he was traded for a rental. I, how crazy yeah, is that? He was rental. traded for starting Marte. Yep. And now Jesus Lazardo looks like he could slot in really nicely as like a fourth fifth starter. For, for the Marlins, and then that's also, you know, talking a rotation with Sandy Alcantara, uh, with Rogers. They have they have the, the pieces. Eventual at least, at least. return of Sixto Sanchez. Yep. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually, whenever that may be. They just need to improve that lineup. And I think they've they've made some strides with trying to uh, have Orge Soler to kind of be the guy to generate most of the power for that lineup and, and Jesus Aguilar be that guy as well, but they'd have to have to get more hitting and they have to get young hitting. And I just don't know where it's going to come from, but the pitching from, from Miami, I mean, it'll, it'll be an improved staff for, for sure. Versus Washington. that just kind of have, you know, I, people wanted to give him shit, but Brian Cashman was bang on when he wouldn't give Patrick Corbin that seventh year, like Washington did. Because yeah, Patrick well, Corbin, Patrick Corbin, he, he, he just looks done. Yeah, but they won a World Series. So I think for Washington, it's worth it. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. They won he was a World clutch Series. In that, they could on say that run. contract was worth it. He was clutch in that World Series run. 
Yeah, also. He, he pitched great in, in, in that World Series as well. Yeah. But but, but now he that, sucks. Yeah, and that contract now is just going to be a pain in the ass, especially when you're I wouldn't say a small budget team, but you're not a you're not a you know big market team and you have to pay arguably the best player in baseball in Juan Soto within the next two, three years. Speaking of uh, starting pitching contracts that don't look good, another one is also on the Nationals. A certain number one overall pick. Yeah. Yeah, but he's had the injury problems now, Strasburg, for for years and he, he he's not going to be the same pitcher ever again and I, it, it, it's sad because the talent that he had was it was electric stuff and it's just it's just all kind of falling apart once again at least he won a world series he won a world series yeah he did he did how but, long before Juan Soto was a New York Yankee oh stop that it this isn't even me just fantasizing. It, it, it just really is something that could realistically happen. How long before Juan Soto is a Los Angeles Dodger? See, the Dodgers don't have any prospects that they, that they can trade. They'll trade players. They'll trade They've like... Already, uh, who? Who? I don't know. Who? Who is, who is value to Washington? Can you imagine they, they traded... They traded back like Trey Turner. Like here, have Trey Turner back. They, they, the Nationals didn't want Ga- the Nationals tried to get Gavin Lux for Trey Turner, and the National and the Dodgers said no. So it's not going to be Gavin Lux. It's not going to be Will Smith. I mean, it's their everyday catcher now. Whereas you look at you look at the Yankees. The Yankees have more prospects than they know what to fucking do with. Yeah, I mean, we've I mean, had Miguel Andujar, Esteban Florial in the system for for forever. I think we have we have Anthony Volpe and Oswaldo Peraza. We have we have Jason Dominguez? Like, I, honestly, I know this is going to be a really hot take for a lot of people, especially the uh, the abundance of Yankee fans that may listen to this podcast. If there is a package that includes Jason Dominguez, top prospect, top prospect, proven player here. For Juan Soto, I'm doing that deal in a fucking heartbeat. I know people, you know, want to go crazy about Jason Dominguez, but we don't know what Jason Dominguez is going to be at the next level. We haven't seen him higher than eight ball. Juan Soto is an MVP candidate in the National League right now. Juan Soto is what we want Jason Dominguez to be. And at 25 years old, you go get 10 good years out of Juan Soto if you trade for him. For Jason Dominguez, who could end up being absolutely nothing. Think of a Jesus Montero, let's just say, who all Yankee fans thought was going to be the next Jorge Posada when he was traded for Michael Pineda. Do you think Judge is in that deal? Absolutely not. No chance. Why? Because he's he's an expiring contract. And the Nationals are going to give Aaron Judge 10 years, $350 million? when they haven't been able to shell out less than that for Juan Soto? I don't think so. Not a chance. No, not a chance. Aaron Judge is not going to be traded, ever. Ever. I, I, okay. I, I do think he hits uh, open market, though. Uh, I do. I think it would be the worst mistake that Brian Cashman can make. 
if Juan Soto doesn't get traded, do you think he's going to hit the open market? Yes. Yeah, I do. I think he has two more years of arbitration eligibility, and then he can hit the market. Interesting. At his year 25, 26 season, I believe, which he's just going to make. Oh, my God. He's going to make bank. Yeah. From somebody. And I, I mean, think it's probably going to be the Yankees. Players like that in their prime don't hit free agency all that often. No. No, hardly ever. And if the Nationals are clearly in this rebuild still, then Juan Soto is just going to be like, well, I kind of want out. I want to go try and win a championship again. So uh, how is Juan Soto going to fit in center field when the Yankees trade for Mike Trout also? No, no, no. I don't want, I don't want baseball's Christian McCaffrey. No, thank you. Baseball's Christian. It's true, though. He can, he can, he can go home to Philly. Go to the Phillies. Oh, do not go to the Phillies. I hear the Phillies like like uh, washed up stars. I know that they need a center fielder. They 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 need they need a lot of things. They need a lot of things. Defensive minded players probably is one of them because I mean their lineup is great, but defensively they are absolutely shocking. Yeah, they're <laughs> really bad. I got two words for you. Anybody who wants to uh, dispute that take, Alec Bohm. Oof. They did win that game, but also Alec Bohm. I mean, what do you have? Three errors? Yeah. Three? Three. That's horrendous. That's we were, horrendous. We were recording when that happened. Oh, that's right. We were. That's right. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that I want to uh, talk about? Oh, oh, I do. Um, Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be a fucking phenom. Just want to put that, put that in ink right now. Uh, Saya Suzuki is going to win National League Rookie of the Year, as I pointed out in my Elvin Predictions column, TalkingPointSports.com. Go check it out. And J-Rod Julio Rodriguez is incredible. And the video of him getting told that he was going to be called up to the major leagues by manager Scott, Scott Cervais was incredible. One of the best things, one of the best things I've ever seen. I agree with all three slash four of the things you just said. Why? Thank you so much, Adam. Anything else? Anything else you want to, uh, you want to provide? Um, well, we haven't really touched on the uh, NL central as much aside from the Cardinals, but I'm a little worried about Milwaukee. It's early. I know. It's early, but Woodruff Woodruff struggled has struggled out of the gate a little bit. Uh, Corbin Burns struggled a little bit. I mean, y- you can complain about Milwaukee, sure, but the NL Central is just going to be so bad that they're going to pick up wins against Cincinnati. They're going to pick up wins against the Pirates. They're going to pick up wins against the Cubs, I'm sure, and and they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Probably. They're not they're not gonna be a team that, that's gonna get a buy or anything, but they'll be they'll be okay. Yeah, they'll probably I mean, with the way that the Cardinals are looking, the Cardinals are probably gonna win that division now. And the card the Cardinals look great because one of the big things with them is we we knew that they had the lineup. We know that they had the defense, we know they had the bullpen. We just didn't know without Jack Flaherty whether or not they had the rotation, and so far so good. Yeah, I mean, what a great situation for a first-year manager 
literally. Yeah, it's a perfect situation because this, this is a team really that did not need much. They could probably coach themselves. Well, not necessarily, but I mean, um, like motivate themselves. I mean, they have great leadership in that locker room. Yeah, they're they're at a great position where if they can go out at the deadline and they could get one or two quality starting pitchers to aid to that rotation with Jack Flaherty potentially coming back, because I don't know if I would trust someone like Jordan Hicks to be pitching for them in a playoff series, but if they can get themselves one or well, Jordan two, Hicks is a start is a reliever, not he a started. Starter. He started against the Kansas City Royals. Was he an opener? No, he started. Really? Yes, he started. I don't like that. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm alluding to. Is he's a reliever that came off of that? He had Tommy John surgery like two years ago. He started against the Royals. Yeah, I don't like it. Well, that's what I'm saying. They can get one or two starting pitchers rentals that you know they could plug into four or five in in their rotation. Then, then they could be okay. They had the bullpen, and and I think that they have. They finally have figured out uh, their closer situation after the aforementioned Jordan Hicks was supposed to be the guy. They've now gone to Giovanni Gallegos, who looks pretty good. He looks really decent, and uh, you know they have Arenado, they have Goldschmidt, Tyler O'Neill. I think it was a sleeper MVP candidate when we um, we talked about him. I think this is a team that really could make some some noise. And Jordan Hicks only went two innings, by the way. He was so did go two innings. Yeah. Okay, so he was a half opener. He didn't pitch. He didn't pitch one. So he was a half opener. But uh, yeah, I could have swore he pitched three, if not four. So if he if he if he pitched two, then you can kind of call him an opener, kind of. But he did get the start. Now that we're done with baseball for for the moment, let's talk about basketball. And the fun thing about this is that as we're recording, we have a play-in game in progress yep and it looks like the hawks are going to be uh dealing with the hornets you know they're up 93 to 69 nice quite comfortable in with uh about three minutes left in the third but last night we had brooklyn going up uh going up against cleveland winning against cleveland and then the minnesota minnesota Timberwolves wolves beating the clippers in uh, something very interesting, the, the Timberwolves. I the Timberwolves. It's funny because like everybody's clowning on them for their celebration because they they celebrated like they just won the NBA Finals after getting into the playoffs. But like they've made the playoffs like twice in the past twenty years. Bingo, bingo. Like let them enjoy it. Like I I, I am not one for over the top celebrations. But when you are a team that has been just stuck in futility like the Minnesota Timberwolves have, and now they're going to play in a playoff series against the Grizzlies, which, by the way, is going to be an absolutely incredible series. Why not? Why not just go fucking nuts? I would. I would. Good, good, good for them. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. I'm shocked we, we 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 agree on this one, but we do we, we we do agree on this one. Good good for the Timberwolves. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's because we're fan. We're also fans of a long suffering basketball franchise. Oh my god! It was, it, 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 the, the, the Knicks react. 
the Knicks win a playoff series, forget it. I I, I might just go uh, launch fireworks off in the middle of the street, like we like we did win a championship. Because after the Knicks won Game Two last year, everybody thought everybody was celebrating like the Knicks just won the NBA Finals. Yeah, so, it's true. I it's get true. it. I get it. I yeah. absolutely get it. Because we, we one... sucked for so long. It was like that meme. So you know the meme where it's like the third, where it's the podium and you have like the first place guy with the champagne. You have the second place guy and then you have the third place guy with like five bottles of champagne. Hell yeah. Those were the decks. Like, just like celebrating and like the first and second place guys on the podium are just looking at them like, what's wrong with you, man? You're, you came in third. That's the next. That's the next in a nutshell. And I love it. Yeah. That's and being a Knicks fan. Yes, that is being a Knicks fan. Exactly. Absolutely. So I I sympathize. I empathize with the Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves just because I get it. I mean, the Timberwolves have never really had any playoff success in their history. At least the Knicks have won two championships and have been to a couple, if not more, NBA finals. But yeah. Right. I, I, Anybody who's over 70 years old can remember the Knicks winning a championship. Yes, and also when the Jets won the Super Bowl. Yep, fair. Uh, All right, we get, you want to get in some uh, some predictions? Yes, let's do it. So who do you got out of the Eastern Conference? Eastern Conference final and then Eastern Conference champion. So I have the – well, in my Eastern Conference final, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. And I have the Milwaukee Bucks. I have the Bucks beating the Celtics. And then I have the Sixers beating the Atlanta Hawks. I haven't gone that far. I just have the two teams. But so I, I went I went a little further. A little further. I, th- I I think the Hawks do beat the Miami Heat in round one. I don't feel like doing the math for that, but and yes, I, I think, get it. I think the, I think the Heat lose to the Hawks in round one. I said it all along. I think the Miami Heat are very overrated. I think Trey Young, God help me, gets it done. Stop it. Atlanta Stop it. beats the Heat in round one. That's my little bold, my little bold prediction. And I have the Bucks beating the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Final. The Bucks are going to the finals out of the East. Yet again. So you have a rematch of the 2000 Eastern Conference final, actually. Yes. Hopefully not as much corrupt officiator like what happened last time. Fair. Fair. And, and, and also, for what it's worth, I do have the, uh, the Celtics beating the Nets. Sorry, Jake. You know, honestly, Buck Sixers is probably a pretty good one. I like that matchup. Hey, I mean, it's going to be the two best players probably in the Eastern Conference going up against each other in Giannis and Joel Embiid, yep. which I would absolutely love. And uh, I actually do have a question for you before we, before we get your predictions and go on to the West. Uh, that was very weird how I said West. 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 It's not like West. You did say West. That's so I, weird. That, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. yeah. I heard that coming out. I was like, wow, I, that, that, that was weird. That was weird how I said that. But you said anywho, a southern accent for about for about one. Yeah, minute. yeah, a little bit, a little bit of southern accent, a little bit of southern drawl. Um, who are you rooting for, Celtics or Nets? 
It's just like this is so. It's like the it's, it's like if the Islanders were going up against the Devils. Mutually assured destruction. <laughs> yes. I'm yes. rooting for a tie. <laughs> I'm just a for co- a tie. Just a coin flip. Just like flip a coin seven times. Whoever wins the coin flip four out of seven times moves on. I don't care. Oh, I absolutely have who I'm rooting for. It's the Boston Celtics, 100%. Yeah, well, I don't, you know, it's weird. I don't like Boston. I don't like the Celtics just because New York, Boston, like, you know, it's a whole rivalry in all the sports. But Fair, like, but this, I, is, this is also a, a very different breed that we're talking about with the Nets. No, hold on. Let me finish. But like, I don't actually hate them as much as I do. The it's like the Rangers and the Bruins. Like, yeah, they're rivals, I guess. But like, we're not. It like it doesn't. The history isn't really there, as it is with like the Knicks and the Nets, or even like the Knicks and the Bulls and the Knicks and the Heat in the nineties. Yeah. But yeah, I, well, if I, you're going for Rangers example, it's like Rangers Islanders, as well. Yeah. There's the history there where the Rangers Bruins history stems fifty years ago. So, like, last year in the playoffs, when the Islanders and the Bruins played each other, I was like, great, Bruins all the way. Because yep. fuck the Islanders. Absolutely. Absolutely right. And I felt no shame about that. Nope, me neither. And this one, this one I don't feel any shame about either. And I, and I hate the Celtics, but the Nets, it's a different, it's a different breed. I, I hate the Nets. I hate Nets fans. Sorry again, Jake. I, I absolutely hate Nets fans. They are such entitled little brats. Well, yeah, they are. Oh, we have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Oh, we can't have a, we can't have the rest of the team be good. Well, that's what happens when you have three guys there who are basically on max contracts. That's what happens. You have to play James Johnson. Sorry, that, that, that that's how this thing called a salary cap works. Like, oh, shocks. Sorry about that. This is legit. This is literally what the salary cap was designed to prevent, except it's doing a terrible job at it. Well, yeah, yeah. And then and then the luxury tax too, but the Nets just just disregard that. But like what what do you actually expect? Like for Christ's sake, like that Nets fans just get get me so aggravated. And I I love seeing them miserable. I I really, really do. Sorry, you have to sign an aging Blake Griffin. On the buyout market, my heart weeps for you. Oh, Goran Dragic has to play 20 minutes a night. Oh, boo-hoo. Oh, so sad. Not everybody can just get good players off the buyout market because they want to come to your team. Right, right. I'm supposed to feel bad for the Nets that have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but have a band of misfits surrounding them. I'm supposed to feel bad because the Nets have to deal with James Johnson. Like, And when they don't win a championship. That, that James Johnson and, and Bruce Brown. Like... Give me a fucking break. That's what happens when you traded all your depth for James Harden and then it fucked you over. And then you traded James Harden and it fucked you over again. Honestly, if the Nets had kept that team, that depth that they had with Kyrie and KD, they probably would have won a championship already. Maybe. Maybe. At least in that one year. I mean, they would have had to sign probably Jared Allen to a big contract and Spencer Dinwiddie also coming off I mean, of that hey, injury. They were, they were a basket away from going to the finals when they lost to the Bucs in, in seven. Well, they were, they were half a shoe away from that. 
Thank God. Oh God. God. That was a day. That was a night at work that I had where I was like, Oh my God. And it was was crazy because we had the net because obviously the fan has nets games on. I mean, Chris Carino and Tim Capshaw weren't there. Weren't in the office, but you know, there were a lot of net. There were a couple of nets fans in the building. They were like, Oh shit. (laughs) I was in my family room. This was, I believe it was my birthday or it was damn well near it. Or we were celebrating something. I forget what the hell it was, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I was, I was blasted. I was blasted. I just remember walking inside and seeing the score. Then that's the, the, the Bucks Nets game. I was like, Oh shit. I grabbed my, I grabbed my cousin's fiance. I was like, yo, yo dude, uh, we got a tie game less than a minute left. And he, we just ran in. We're praying. We're having our hands on our knees. And when the Bucks won that game, we both went nuts. It was like the Knicks won a championship when the Bucks beat the Nets. Yeah, it's about right. It was that same. It was that same sort of feeling. Fuck the Nets. Who do you have winning? Uh, winning these? Um, I find it hard not to pick the Bucks and the Sixers, or or Bucks or the Sixers. But you know, the Bulls could give either of those teams a run for their money. I see. I think the, the I think the Bucks sweep the Bulls. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to be tough. That's going to be. I don't think it's a sweep though. I think the the Bulls are a good team, are a really good team. The Bucks are a great team. There's the Bucks a are a great team, but a difference. Their sweeps are. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. It's a prediction. It's a prediction. It is a prediction. Bucks are beating the Bulls. There's no way it goes past six. I think it's a sweep. Yeah, well, I don't think it, if even if they beat the Bulls, I can I can concede that, but I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think the Bulls are too good of a team to avoid get to get swept by the Bucks. As good as the Bucks are, I think, yeah, I just think that they're too good of a team. Okay, I mean the Raptors are also a team that could be like a sneaky good team to win a champ or not win a championship to like you know make it far in these playoffs. Going up against the Sixers, you know, it's going to be a tough, tough series. And be. honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if the Sixers find a way to blow it. Oh, that's not a terrible take. Yeah. All right, we're going to the West. Moving on to the West. How can I not say my Utah? No, my Utah Jazz. I have a prediction about the Utah Jazz that I don't know if you're ready for, but keep going. I have to say this because I'm just so just in case anybody I work with is within earshot. Yeah, man, the Utah Jazz are going to Jazz, the, man. The Jazz are going to go to the Eastern Conference Final. I mean, Western, Western Conference. Well, that'd be something. They went to the Eastern Conference Final. Let me tell you that. Yeah, the the Utah Jazz are going to go to the Western Conference Final. Near impossible if they went to the Eastern Conference Final, but it's crazy if they did. The Jazz are so good that they can switch conferences. Yep. They're so good, they're actually going to just go to the East. Donovan Mitchell's like, I need to be closer to my parents. Correct. So I am going to force the league to move the Jazz to the Eastern Conference. I need to be closer to my next destination. Go to the East. Go to the East. Wink. Little, little teaser for what's about to come. Because, you know, a certain G League team plays in Donovan Mitchell's hometown or home area of New York. Yep. Yep. Certain one. And, and their affiliate would like to sign or trade for Donovan Mitchell. 
What's your prediction in the West? Um, I think Jazz Suns Eastern Conference Final or Western Conference. Why do I keep saying that? Wow. Jazz Suns Western Conference Final. And who wins? I think I think Phoenix wins. So I have the Mavs beating the Jazz, and I think the Jazz blow it up. I think Donovan Mitchell's a Nick by next season. Oh, that would be phenomenal. That is just wishful thinking. Also, that's my bold, that's my bold prediction. That the, the Mavs with finally Nolita, trade for their star and they get Donovan Mitchell. The Mavs with no Doncic for a while. The Mavs with no Doncic for a while. I, I I think Doncic finds a way to come back and make and play in this series. I think. I think. Well, I mean. In the third round, I would think that he'd be back, but they have to make it that far without. They have to make it for. Oh no 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 no! no. I'm just talking about in in round one. I I think I think the Suns I think the Suns are going to square off against the Warriors, and the oh, Suns, oh, oh. Suns beat the Warriors in seven. I was about to be like, wait a minute. Oh no no no! I'm talking I'm talking round one. I'm saying the Mavs beat the Jazz in seven. Okay. With or without Doncic. I oh boy. Yeah, I think so. I don't think so. And the Jazz blow it all up, and Donovan Mitchell is a Nick by the start of next season. I think you're projecting your own desires onto this basketball. Well, fuck the Jazz. Number one, I ha- I hate Jazz. That's number one. But number two, yeah, I really want Donovan Mitchell. I really want the Jazz to lose. So yeah, there's there there's that. Uh, but I don't think anything. I don't think anything else is going to be too crazy in 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 the West. Like the Grizzlies take care of the Timberwolves. I want to go to I'm a gonna, parade I'm gonna in Salt Lake City. That I'm going to say that this Warriors Nuggets series is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think the Warriors win that series, but I think it's in seven. Well, yeah, I think the Warriors are one of those teams where like nobody talks it, nobody talks about them, but they're really good. I mean, they're they're back basically. You know, they have obviously they have Clay Thompson coming who came back halfway through the season. Steph Curry's still there. Draymond's still there, and. Well, you need Nugget. Steph Curry to come back. Yeah. And, and there's still no clear indication as to when that's going to be. So it would not be crazy at all to, to, to say the Nuggets would beat the Warriors. Well, right, because the Nuggets have a solid team. Oh, they have a great team. They have a great the team. I mean, they're a very – they're a deceptive succeed. They, they, they have the league MVP on their team in, in, in Nikola Jokic. Yep. He's going to win MVP. Again, and one of the better guards in the league in Jamal Murray. Yeah. Yeah. And very good secondary pieces as well. Yep. But uh, so, yeah, I think, I think this, I think the Suns do get back to the, uh, the final. And I'm going to say they, yeah, they get their revenge. I'm going to say Chris Paul wins his ring. The Suns win the championship. That would be nice. I mean, nice story. Honestly, I would love to go to, I would love to see how they do a ticker tape parade. In Salt Lake City, just for the lulls. Well, good luck with that one. I I will, I'll, I'll do it. You think the Jazz are, are are winning the championship? No, I don't. But it would be fun. Just as a person living in Utah, it would be interesting to see how that how that plays out. I know that there are a, a number of people in my office that would be absolutely thrilled. If the Jazz won championship, oh sure, 
they that's the only major professional sports team that they got aside from Royal Salt Lake. Yeah, and that's it. They're uh, they're soccer people. Yes, and not all of them are. So, who's your pick to win the finals? Uh, my pick to win the finals is I think Milwaukee repeats. Wow. Not terrible. Not a terrible take. I mean, that team is still good. You know, Chris Middleton. Oh, I love Chris Middleton. He is amazing. He's one of my favorite non-Nick players. He's very underrated. And very underrated he, and has been for a long time. Yeah. And what he did in last year's playoffs, I don't know if he can do it again, but I think that you you saw in last year's playoffs that he can unlock a, a second gear to his game where he could just take over. When Grant, I mean, Giannis wasn't his best in that series against the Hawks and not necessarily his best for the entire series against Brooklyn. Mm-mm. And Chris no. Middleton really put the team on his shoulders. And he was a big reason why they were, they were at where they were at. Yeah. And even the finals the Nets. Right. Exactly. So I think the Bucks, with their incredible depth, win their second straight championship. Interesting. Interesting. All right. You ready for top five? Yes, I am ready for top five. So our top five is footballers or soccer players who play on teams that we do not support. And this is an all-time list, so it's not just current players. This is going to be – I've changed this list, too, about five or six times. I'm excited. So you want to just go full force here, just name the whole top five? Yeah, let's go five, go? five, then four, four. Okay. Why not? So I'll go first. Sure. My five is Ronaldo. No, not Which that one. one. The, the good one. The Brazilian one. The best one. R9. Yeah. R9. Or as some assholes like to say, Fat Ronaldo. That's which disgraceful. Is, which is disgraceful because Ronaldo it was one of the best players of his generation. Yes. And he did what the other Ronaldo could never do, which is win multiple World Cups. I mean, granted, one of his World Cups he didn't really play, but he did win one. He did win the 2002 World Cup. And he, like I said, one of the best players of his generation. And he came back from a devastating knee injury to still be incredible and win that World Cup. And just the things that he could do with the ball. He was an inspiration. I think he is an inspiration to young Brazilian players everywhere with the way that he could control the ball and uh, score goals. You mean... One phenomenon himself, Mr. Gabriel Martinelli. Oh, what a guy. The next Ronaldo, the next R9. Stop it. Well, hey, we've had two people say it. But two people say it. Dani Alves and Ronaldinho. No, actually, the next Ronaldo is Gabriel Jesus. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Dani Dani Alves and Ronaldinho called Gabriel Martinelli phenomenon, which 
the only other Brazilian player who's ever been called Phenomeno is R9. That is true. So that nickname is, re- is reserved for special, special talents. And my Gabby Martinelli is one of them. He's who's unbelievable. Your who's your five? Uh, my five, my fifth is a good friend, a good friend of ours. Someone who hasn't been on the podcast in a long time. You see here, Liverpool, we're going into the Champions League semifinal and taking on Villarreal with Unai Emery. Some great players with Villarreal. But you have to understand, this is Liverpool. We have Mohamed Salah, Sanio Mane, Roberto Firmino, Virgil van Dijk, Addison. Oh, this is going to be a great semifinal, Adam. Can't wait, can't wait. It's going to be a cracking, cracking semifinal. I'm just kidding. It's not, it's not Jamie Carragher. It's actually... Oh, no, I'm just kidding. It's not Stephen Gerrard either. Uh, it's Zinedine Zidane. Arguably, it maybe, yeah, the, the best midfielder of all time. Zinedine Zidane. I do I love, love well, I think when a certain Belgian retires, he might be, he might give him a run for his money. Please, please, Adam, please stop. Please stop. Well, when he, re- I'm not saying now. No. When he retires. Nope. Uh-uh. Zidane, Zidane is clear. And Kevin's great. I'm not, I'm not saying that Kevin's not great. Zidane is a different, different level. Can play it with his left, can play it with his right, can score from everywhere. The skill, the technique. Oh, a, a truly an unbelievable player. Zidane, Zidane. That's my number five. Over Jamie Carragher and Steven Gerrard, of course. Controversial picks. Leaving yeah. out Jamie Carragher and Steven Gerrard. Uh, believe me, I know. I'm going to have the representatives calling me tonight. I, I'm, I'm well aware. Yep. My number four is a player that you like so much. That you're in love with, actually, I think. Leo Messi. <laughs> boring. I mean, you want to talk. What do you mean boring? Boring. He's not boring. Is being good, being great, is that boring? Apparently what's, it is. What's it done for me lately? And now it's on. My man, my man went to PSG, thinking it's going to be a, a show in to go to, uh, to go to the Champions League final. Then he realized, oh, wait, you need to actually have, uh, have a team. You can't just have a team full of attackers. Yeah, you actually have to have defense. You actually have to, to... have a, a defensive unit, have players that can, uh, that can stop the other team from scoring. I mean, Messi has won like three Champions Leagues. Oh, I, I believe me, I, I'm well aware. I believe me, I'm well aware. He should have won too. If, if, if the, the 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 first the 2006 one was a little a uh, little controversial, if you, if you ask me. Uh, fuck Samuel Eto'o and 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 fuck everything about 06 Paris. But right, I, 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 I wasn't asking you, but I'm just saying, Leo Messi, great player, um, one of the best to ever do it, probably. The best to ever do it. Um, I mean, Pele has a has definitely a, a good argument there, winning three World Cups. But Lionel Messi, he's just uh, there isn't much I can say about Lionel Messi besides the fact that what he does with the ball, the fact that he is able to basically drag a team like Barcelona has been for the past couple of years to the knockouts of the Champions League. 
And I mean, he hasn't done great things with PSG. And fall apart at Anfield to, to Liverpool. Yeah, well, he can't do everything. And fall apart in Rome to Roma. Okay. A great God in Rome. I'm just saying. They wouldn't have gotten there without Messi. National treasure. They wouldn't have gotten there without Messi. And they lost because he wasn't he wasn't able to bring the goods. Unlike unlike the next man on my list, who is one of two on my list that is still playing, and is the reason why his club is still very much in the Champions League picture, and that is Kareem Benzema. In my opinion, the best striker in the world right now on current form is solely the reason why Real Madrid beat PSG and is solely the reason why Real Madrid beat Chelsea. Kareem Benzema, the most informed striker in the world right now. It's a crime that he's been exiled from the France team for as long as he has been, but he's been reintegrated and He's going to be a big player for, for France in, in, in this World Cup uh, in, in, in Qatar. But yeah, Benzema, my number four. And how different how different Arsenal could have been if Wenger could have signed him because there was real chat probably six, seven years ago that Wenger really wanted Benzema. And a lot of people, myself included, myself included, were like, why Benzema? Well, once again... Arsene Wenger was right, and we were wrong. What else is new? Yeah, I mean... My manager. So my number three is actually a teammate of Kareem Benzema. And somebody that... What? What do you give me that look look for? I'm trying to think of who it could be. I think... No, I think I know. I think I know who it is. I, I just like the guys who are underrated that are very good at their position that don't really cause too much of a fuss that um, have been just an absolute mainstay in Real Madrid's midfield for the past 10 years. And that could honestly kind of apply to either Tony Cruz or Luka Modric, but in this case, it's Luka Modric. It's gotta be. I love Luka Modric. Good shout. He's so good cool. shout. Good shout. Uh, I'm gonna literally, literally put Croatia on the map for a lot of people. Very fair. I mean, he he dragged them to uh, to a World Cup final. No. Yep. Euro final. Euro final. Excuse me. Well, no, they played. No, in the- no, it was World Cup final. Yeah, World Cup final against France. Yeah. Okay. I no, I I take back what I took back. I'm going to retract my retraction. I'm going to attract my retractment. Yes. Um, what am I, number three? Yeah. Uh, Andrea Pirlo. Ooh, that's a good the, one. The Italian maestro. The best midfielder that I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Hands down. Hands down. I think out of all the years that I have watched this beautiful game, Andrea Pirlo is the best midfielder that I've ever, I've ever watched. Because he just he makes the game look just so simple makes a pass look so simple and he just was so graceful in how he did it so andrea pirlo my my number three and now we get to now we get to the big boys with two and one 
My number two is another midfielder. And he's somebody that is so good, so unique, that he had a position named after him that there's no real English word, English word for. Apparently it means space interpreter. I don't know. The Ramdorter. Thomas Miller. I've always liked playing as him in FIFA, actually. Just see, I've always hated playing as Muller in FIFA. I've always hated it. He's not fast <laughs> enough. He's he it's interesting. He's a coach in a player's body. Legitimately. He can be, yeah. He's like Jurgen Klopp if Jurgen Klopp was actually good as a player. Because Jurgen Klopp would I think he said, I have an A plus footballing mind, but I have D plus playing ability. That sounds like something that Austin Wenger once said too. I <laughs> uh, want my number two. Yes. I don't even know if I could say this is a number two because it really is like a one A one B. But in my opinion, the most handsome footballer to have ever graced a footballing pitch, a true savant, some would say, and that is. I got to show, show some love to the goalkeepers as well. Jean-Louis Buffon, number two. I should have a goal. I don't have a goalkeeper on my list. Well, you clearly don't show enough love to your to your goalkeepers, and that that is just that's just disgraceful. Uh, yeah, Buffon, absolutely a a mainstay. The only thing that's missing from his career is a is a Champions League, but he's won everything else. So you want you want serial winner? Got it. You want world, you want consummate professional? Got it. You want a icon of the game? Got it. That's Mr. Buffon. And by the way, he is just handsome as hell. Handsome devil. So it's time for my number one. My number one is a fellow countryman of ours. He plays for the well, he played for the USMNT. And this is purely for playing career because what this guy did after his playing career kind of undid the reason why I kind of undid why I liked him while he was playing. And that is the, the all-time leading goal scorer for the USMNT. Well, tied. But it's Landon Donovan. Now, what did he do after his playing career? Well, so you know how he had the whole rivalry with Mexico? Yes, yes. So after his playing career, remember in the 2018 World Cup where he's like, go root for Mexico, everybody. Yeah, we're all going to root for Mexico to win to win the World oh, Cup. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's 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 a fair shout. I, 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 can, I can appreciate that. that, that being a little bit of a, uh, a damper. But uh, Landon Donovan, you know, putting soccer, soccer on the map, what I still call it soccer. It was originally called soccer, but now, and then all the, all the British people were like, no, actually it's called football. Now everybody that says soccer is an idiot. Well, that's true. Even though they came up with it. It's football, but I digress. I digress. He puts, he puts soccer on the map for the U S and in the U.S., and he he's an icon in for the USMNT and U.S. soccer in general. 
So my number one of players that are not on my own team, it would make my top five still if we put Arsenal players in here. Ah, what what can I say about this man? The greatest player of all time. Number seven on the pitch. Number one in my heart. Cristiano Ronaldo. What's there to say? The epitome of excellence. International winner. European winner. Domestic winner. That's what he does. You go. Ronaldo goes to a club. You win. That's what Ronaldo does, unless you're, unless you're Manchester United this time around, which is just very funny. But I mean, you love to see when it. you have when you have Harry Maguire as uh, a as a featured piece for your uh, your club setup, it kind of negates the Ronaldo impact. Yeah, it negates it big time. Um, but my God, Ronaldo is he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable, and. While he may not be the most um, uh, the most pretty to watch, my God, is he so technically gifted, and he could put one in from absolutely anywhere. I mean, my, probably my favorite Ronaldo goal of all time might be his bike against Juventus when the entire crowd in Turin gave him a standing ovation for the goal, which to me was just that's incredible. That you have, you're on enemy territory in a Champions League. I believe it was the semifinal. And you have. Maybe it was even the final because didn't. Did they. No, the goal, even, the, the goal in the final was the, the bike in the, the final was uh, Gareth Bale. Was that against Juventus? I thought that was against Liverpool. Uh, no, the goal, the bicycle kick in the final for Real Madrid versus Juventus was Mandzukic. Gotcha. Mandzukic scored the bike, which would by itself was an incredible, incredible finish. But I believe this one was in the semis. And yeah, that was one of the, the best goal maybe I've ever, I've ever seen scored. Uh, aside from Thierry Henry versus Manchester United and Jack Wilshire versus Norwich and Jack Wilshire versus West Brom. And uh, and let's see, Adebayor against Spurs. Uh, let's see, Roman Van Persie against Chelsea. Adebayor against Arsenal when he slid in front of the Arsenal fans. Pathetic. Pathetic. Disgraceful. Arshavin four against Liverpool. Um, let's see here. I liked Gareth Bale's bicycle kick. That was one of the best goals I've ever seen. Gareth Bale's bicycle kick was, was really, really impressive too. I have, a, I have a thing for bicycle kicks. I love bicycle kicks. They're just the, the degree of difficulty. I think my favorite bicycle kick of all time might be Wayne Rooney versus Manchester City. It's, oh, uh, stop it. It's a, it's a great one. It truly really is a great one. Fuck you. It truly is a great one. But, uh, fuck, you. fuck you. But yeah. So that's, I have a uh, thing for bicycle kicks except for that one. Fair. Fair. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcast. For my co-host at Birdsall, I am Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Love you guys.